Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Noisy Women the podcast. I'm Em, obviously your host. This episode I'm talking to Maria Therese. She is a artist manager and she manages a very incredible artist, Sinead O'Brien, who's doing some really big things and is really up and coming and definitely someone to watch going into 2021. Maria and I have actually never met, we met over Zoom in this interview but it was really lovely to chat we have a lot of mutual friends from the London scene and just people in common that I'm really surprised that our paths have actually never crossed so real talk guys um my bedroom window is on the road so like where I look out I literally just have people walking past my window on the pavement and I'm very close to the road and sometimes when I'm recording these episodes oh the bin has just rolled down the road sometimes when i'm sat recording these episodes people come past and wave who i don't know and i just thought i'd tell you that because sometimes it happens and i've never said that on an episode oh my goodness all the recycling's blown down the road <laughs> i wish i could show you visuals for what's currently happening outside my bedroom window because it's absolute carnage i hope you enjoyed this episode as always i hope you're having a lovely week um i've had a lovely chat with maria so i really hope that you guys get something out of it especially if you're an artist who's looking into management or looking into being discovered by a manager she kind of gives a really good rundown as to how she works with artists and what that relationship is like so i hope you enjoy it stay tuned for the next episode and i will see you guys very very soon so welcome back to another episode of Noisy Women, the podcast. I'm here with Maria Torres. She is the artist manager for Sinead O'Brien and she's really cool. And we know each other through mutual friend Jules. Jules is also sweet. So I'll link Jules in the show notes so you can all go, go check out Jules. Jules introduced us via Instagram and here we are now chatting over Zoom. Um, I'm just excited to talk to an artist manager because I've talked to loads of artists and I've talked to loads of like other people, but never an artist manager. So I feel like you're, you're the first in the series. That's exciting. Gosh, I am honored to be the first one. So how did you get into, into doing like what you're doing? We've had a brief, like a brief pre-podcast chat, but how, how did you kind of stumble into that world? Um, it's quite like an interesting stumble story, basically. Um, so I, when I finished school and sick form, I really wanted to just, uh, you know, do a degree in something really academic, actually. And so I was going to do like biology, then I was going to do business studies. And then, um, long story short, I dropped out of the business studies degree and I realized like music was my ultimate passion. Like I was just going to gigs all the time. Like I was brought up playing music, um, did a lot of classical piano, violin singing like back in the day. And I just knew that that was such a big part of who I was. I found like you could do a music management degree, which I was like, okay, cool. This sounds exactly what I want to do. Yeah, I went to do that at um, BIM in Bristol few years ago now it was a music management degree but it basically covered like the music business so one day you're doing like music law the next like sound engineering so it really covered like a circle of everything so you could like dip into what you like and during that like you know you're like oh what should I do you know everyone's like oh you have to think about the career so what I did during that time at uni was like dipping into loads of different areas through work experience and internships so that was um like really exciting for me because like one minute I was um, an intern at XL Recordings, which like was absolutely incredible. I couldn't, you know, have asked for a better internship and to see how an indie label worked internally. Then I also worked at a venue in Bristol as well, just as like a marketing promotions assistant for a bit, which was also really interesting. 
I started putting on my own gigs as like a promoter for like women in music lights as part of my uni degree we had to put on gigs but I kept them going for like another year which was really fun and those were in London actually um and but yeah it was basically showcasing um female fronted artists so Anteros headlined the first one that I did which was really fun and um yeah the lineup was really good actually we had Anteros Lazy Day wildest they like reside so close to my heart so as soon as he said lazy day I was like yes we love we love already I worked at dice as well and ticketing like it was just everything like I just really loved doing that um but then I started managing a band near Bristol actually with one of my course mates actually um in my last year so that was really great to get an insight like hands-on experience into the world of management and I really liked that like I loved how you're part of the artist's story, like planning that from you know, the beginning, putting a team together, doing the release strategy, which I really enjoyed. So yeah, that was when I was like, actually, you know, I really see myself as wanting to be part of that story and really helping them from the beginning. I feel like I'm quite a, you know, I like being a hands-on, organised and personable person. And you need all those like qualities to do management because one minute you're doing admin and the next minute you're running around Europe like a tour manager but not <laughs> so it's like so many different um qualities are needed you know when I found Sinead about 18 months ago um that's when I knew like this is what I really enjoy and a story that I really want to be a part of so oh that's such a lovely like, and lovely story as well as to like it sounds it just sounds really organic and like it happened really naturally people ask me all the time like oh what's it like working within music and I, was, I think people think it's this very like glamorous lifestyle it's really cool and like really slick and it's just none of those things and that story is so organic and just shows that you was just for the pure love of being organized and just enjoying what you did that it just made sense to be in management like go into management exactly yeah it's quite an interesting story when looking back on it it wasn't like oh I want to do like you just fell into it because your qualities match up to that career path and but I really loved it as well and you get to be a part of like every aspect of the career which you know I love the live shows I love the organization I love the releases so it's like all of it together is like exactly what I wanted to do so yeah that's how I you know ended up doing it myself basically so how did you meet Sinead how did that like relationship birth yeah that was an interesting one actually um so I'd heard her music like online. So she'd released an EP herself um, and I could see she was supporting a lot of artists, like especially on the London scene, which was really interesting. I, I just kept seeing her name everywhere. And I was like, okay, like there's something going on here. I really enjoyed the EP. I thought it sounded so unique, unlike anything I've heard before. Really excited by it as well. And for me, you know, managing a female artist is something that I'm really passionate about I want to give them a platform I want to help them as well it just it had everything I wanted in one like finding an artist like that is so exciting and unique but you have to go for it so I literally just emailed her um, and said oh really like your music like I'm working in management do you have a manager because I thought she did because the release had been done so amazingly and she'd already had um, a premiere via Dazed with um, her first single so, you know, she'd done it really well herself so far. So, yeah, and went to see her play. She was supporting Wen Young um, in London. Oh, incredible. What an amazing, like, show to see as well. Yeah, it was packed as well. I remember, like, getting there and it felt like such an event anyway. And she was just incredible. 
and we had a really good conversation after the show. At the time, I was with a co-manager as well called Bethany, who was amazing. So we were doing that together for a few months. But then, yeah, I basically then started managing Sinead myself as um, Bethany had to go back to Liverpool. And yeah, it was a bit difficult, like logistically and everything. But Bethany's amazing as well. And she was like such a part of that story. So um, yeah, big shout out to Bethany as well. Another female music manager who was amazing. So it's so nice. It's so nice to hear of other like fe- like music management who are female as well because I feel like that industry always always felt quite male dominated, and I feel like it's always been one of those industries that, as someone who has approached managers to shoot gigs and like to gain that working relationship with bands, it's been a very it's often felt a very daunting like step to like man- to message the manager regarding like work sometimes feels very daunting and I know how I felt in the time has felt really like it's been a scary step when I was younger so to hear it put in such like a lovely like summed up term is so nice I was like oh what a lovely story <laughs> that's great <laughs> well I would message you about work because you seem really lovely <laughs> good yeah I'm open for all the messages <laughs> yeah um if there's if there's anyone listening who is kind of in a similar position to how you were when you were at uni um and they they kind of want to get into this field would you say your biggest piece of advice is just contact and not be worried and try and like not be worried that someone might reject you but also just get as much experience in a wide range as possible yeah exactly that like I think just don't be afraid of you know how high up the person is where they stand in a company what they do like everyone's checking their emails maybe they won't see yours but doesn't hurt to you know be persistent as well and persevere like doesn't hurt you know once a month emailing checking in with someone hello like you know is there an opportunity work experience you know anything you could do a week shadowing someone like, you know, that's the basics of the basics, but it's great experience and you can get some really hands-on advice and, you know, insight as well. So yeah, it's, it's a case of not being afraid and people love, um, you know, supporting people through it. Like I really like being able to talk to people about management or, you know, the music industry itself and how I went through it. So like, I just think people are open for giving advice. So like, don't be afraid to just reach out like it's not too difficult now with them the internet and social media so um but yeah and email is always the best way like don't go sliding into like the ceos of a record labels dms and you're like hi can i have some work experience like that's a bit scary but (laughs) it's something i talk about a lot because i think it's really important i think people are really afraid to utilize online and the platform that is literally at your fingertips and i speak to people all the time about it because people always ask like oh how did you do this or how did you do this I'm like I just I just asked like people people want to help generally I mean some people don't but generally speaking people want to help you and if you show that you're willing and show that you have a similar interest or you want to go down a similar route all you have to do is literally say I really think you're cool I would really love to do something with you and if they're a nice person they'll probably try and point you in the right direction if they're not the right person to ask exactly yeah everyone's open for advice I'd say like 95% of people so you know if you don't ask you don't get it's cliche term but you've got to do it (laughs) really I genuinely couldn't agree more and like someone else saying it as well I'm like yes I just it's my favorite piece of advice that I give it's just like you just got you just got to ask don't know it's not gonna get um 
what does a typical day in your life look like? Like what's like a, every day must be extremely different. So give a little, can you give a little rundown as like how you map out your days? So yeah, it's really like unexpected. So at the moment, actually, um, I'm going to be transparent. Um, so because of the pandemic and everything, I've actually had to get another job um, to keep myself going because management, obviously, we're not getting any income right now because there's no live shows like there is the odd income of you know prs and like sync stuff and all you know that side of things um in terms of streaming but um you know there's no like substantial live income that was going to be there this year i actually lost my job at a management company earlier this year which was a shame but it's understandable like do anything about it like everyone's in the same position i'm actually working in another job at the same time but there's me like multitasking so at the moment like i have like a couple of days a week that i designate to management days which is great so then i can like catch up on everything but usually i try and answer everything as like real time as possible but how I work normally is like I always write down what I need to do every day because I think if you don't write it down you don't get it done because it's just there and you're like oh I'll put it down for like next week so um you know that's one of my main things like if there's something important I'll always ensure that it's written down so like now I'm just looking at my list I'm like oh I've still got like three things to tick off which you know is easy enough but your day you're never sure what the day is going to bring which is quite exciting. So, um, you know, one day you could get um, a few festival offers through for like next year. And then you have to try and get like the availability ASAP because it's like, you know, going to close in like a couple of days and you've got to ask the whole band and check logistics because there might be like certain travel days between them and everything. So like you could get like an, a request like that or, you know, yeah, like release campaign lead up times. That's all always when it's really busy because you have to like try and coordinate you know the creative or the video like to make sure it's all delivered in time for the campaign to be released so that's always like a really busy time but yeah the day-to-day wise it actually varies I'm like I can't describe what each day is going to bring because you just don't know like you could be listening to some like new demos which are really exciting or could be giving like feedback on tracks and yeah, luckily with Sinead as an artist, like we're really like during this pandemic and everything, we've kept our communication going really well, like through Zooms, you know, through WhatsApp, like just keep talking and any like questions to be answered and always doing a summary of the week. I find that's really helpful. So we always go through like really important parts. So then she's aware as well what's going on, because I think, you know, when you're not there in person, it's uh, has another side altogether. So it's really nice to hear the transparency as well of getting another job like I don't do photography well I'm definitely not at the moment I definitely don't photograph gigs and go on tour at the moment so yeah I work in a I work in a pasty and coffee shop and then the rest of the time I spend doing photographic work or podcasting or now presenter on some new like music style show because I just love chatting but like I think having lots of strings to a bow that just teaches you even more how to delicate like dedicate your time to the things that you enjoy the most I think the busier you are weirdly I find the more productive I am because I have to be so meticulous with my time because I don't have much of it and you must feel really similarly yeah exactly that like you've got to really you know allocate it properly and you know my passion is music and you know I'll give all the time in the world to it if I have to you know so any spare minute any spare hour I'm like okay 
get this sorted or you know there's always if there's something urgent like I will chop and change but like that's not you know like that's how everything goes you know at the moment especially with having another job but you know it's fine like that keeps me going financially and like I can actually keep going with what I love and make sure we can build something really exciting over the next few years which is another side of things that hopefully when the live stuff comes back in then I can actually seriously consider being a full-time manager again which would be nice (laughs) yeah that's so exciting and must be like a really that's like a lovely point in your career to be at as well to be be able to consider and be like hopefully when everything goes back to normal this will be life and that's really cool and I'm I'm excited to see that happen because it will because COVID this 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 won't be forever this won't we promise it won't um what would you say has been a moment so far which has been like a pinch me like when have you kind of taken a step back and been like I'm actually doing all of this like shit this is when when have you thought like I would never have thought this was happening when's been the pinch me moment well there's been quite a few of them I have to say like every step of the way <laughs> like there's just quite a few like last year um so Sinead actually played All Points East on the same day as um, The Strokes. Sinead did an absolutely amazing set um, earlier in the day, but that meant like we had the whole rest of the day to be able to like watch the bands and like just to, you know, see her play and see people being so receptive so early on in her career was like really exciting. And I think it was one of the first shows I saw her play that I was like working with her on then because like, I'd only taken her on three months before. Another one, I find it's always the live stuff that really has pinched me. Like, I don't know why. I think it's because you can feel the energy of like the crowd as well. And really genuinely couldn't agree more. If I think of like a pinch me I've had, it's the exact same experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you can't compare like to it. Um, Sinead supported Pond um, in Paris last year at um, a venue called Elysee Montmartre, which is like this beautiful like hall um near like the Moulin Rouge and all the other venues in Paris and just you know she had such a great audience they were like dancing she did her like best performance I'd seen like yet um so it was just such a brilliant time and it was on Halloween as well and it was just like a really special occasion and like the feedback was incredible and just seeing you know a European crowd react so early on to an artist was really positive and exciting and I just thought wow like we've made this happen like with Sinead's agent at the time like I think we've booked it a couple of months before like the slot so it was just like wow we've made it happen so quickly this year has been really a write-off in terms of like you know live side so it's nice to be able to be like that's where she was in Paris like last year so now we know she'll be like even further ahead like next year you know it's really exciting another one was her first headline show in London she played in February this year and that was just like another pinch me moment because it was sold out everyone like knew the words like I couldn't even walk through the venue I was like wow this is so good whenever anyone chats about live music like part of me I guess I just get so excited like these podcasts have been such a pleasure to record so far because it's just people chatting about how much like the industry means to them and I think because we haven't had festival season and that's like the like the key time when everyone can meet and socialize and meet like make connections in person conversations like this when we can actually chat in real life is just like chat about things 
personally it's just so exciting yeah exactly and it's nice to like be able to bounce off of that energy because everyone's been through it and um you know I think we're going to all come back bigger and better hopefully (laughs) yeah I really I I really really hope so I think we will I think if anything this has made people realize that the live music industry is just so important that we will just have to have to keep going who at the moment would you say are other like either female fronted bands or female artists it doesn't matter what they're doing whether they're musicians producers no matter who it is who is killing it at the moment quite a few I'd say um like my biggest inspiration um has been so do you know Izzy from Black Honey so four years ago I met so Izzy from Black Honey on Twitter they were asked for people to do their merch on tour and I was like yeah I'll do it so I did the Bristol date and yeah and then basically met the band thought they were incredible um Izzy was absolutely lovely such like an inspiration and like such a you know female advocate for women in music and you know she stands for everything that I believe in um so yeah we became really close after that and she always became someone that I could talk to about like my career or like how I was feeling in the music industry always someone to you know bounce back off of and she's always got such strong opinions which I really appreciate because you know so important to know where you stand I don't know if you saw she did like a a dream festival lineup with um female fronted artists and LGBTQ artists um on social media last week which I just loved that lineup was fantastic as well like I was looking through it and I was like this is such a incredible array of talent like everywhere I was like what a what a like I just saw it and was like this is just incredible and if this happened it really would be the dream such a lovely person to talk to and just like full of so much like character in it and and just you you're just so passionate about what you do it's just been really lovely to have such a nice chat oh I'm so glad like I've really enjoyed you know going through all the sides of you know women in music and music industry itself as well and I feel like right now as well like we just need more you know young females to really believe that they can you know pursue a career in it like don't let the barriers get in the way like there's a lot of hurdles but you know if you can create a good support network around you it's you know it's doable so I think you know it's nice to like meet someone else that believes in the same things as well as myself and you know just build that network which is always nice. As a as an artist manager if you were an unsigned musician who was just like kind of pondering through getting on with it what would be your biggest piece of advice for them in order to either keep going without a manager or like find their path into being managed by someone like yourself I would say like don't be afraid to keep releasing music I think right now especially everyone's listening to music more so it's a case of you know being really strategic with how you present yourself but don't hold everything back and wait for the right time. Like just, just do it. And that's the way you're going to get noticed because you're doing it yourself. I've just taken on another artist actually, which I'm really excited about. And like, they've done the releases themselves um, for the last two singles. And it's just been so great that I can tell like they're, they're going to be a good band to work with because, you know, they're really on the ball with it. And it just proves to management or a label that this band are really, you know, passionate about what they're doing and, you know, are really, you know, good at it as well. Like you've got to be aware, basically, I think unsigned artists need to be aware of how the business works. So many artists um, taken advantage of 
um, because they just aren't aware of how things work. So I think just, you know, being aware of where you stand, making sure you have the knowledge of the business and just release music yourself at the beginning. I think, you know, it's really important. Amazing. Oh, sweet. Well, thank you so much. Um, oh, wow, I sound like a, I sound like I was pondering off radio then. Well, thank you so much for our time. No, I'm joking. Um, I have, I've been asking everyone of this season, they're like top, it's a top three. For everyone in this season, I've been asking them like what their top threes are. So the top three is, question number one is, what is your most common item at most gigs on tour that's on the rider? So I would say um, it would be tequila on the rider. There's always, everywhere you go, there's always tequila on the rider. <laughs> Do they love a bit of tequila? Yeah, it's like more like um like a what would you say like a routine before a gig I think you know it just um, makes it a moment everyone gets their little shot of tequila and like cheers is it and it's just like quite a tradition now so yeah that's really sweet I really rate that I actually literally hate the taste of tequila so much but I'm so glad to others it brings them like a little bit of courage and joy what is the what is an album that means a lot to you and something that you've been listening to to a lot during this very strange time oh that's a very interesting one it's funny because I've been going back to music over this uh period because it's making me relive festival memories which is quite funny it's just been like reliving my festival past like I'm listening to MGMT all the time (laughs) which is quite funny but I love them I think they're a great band um and they're really interesting I've been listening to Arcade Fire a lot as well um just like the last three albums I just think they're they're all amazing though but they're just uplifting music I think it's so important and it's all these like festival bands that like just make me feel like I'm back in that zone um which is funny I liked um what's it Matt Beringer's album from the National he did a solo album recently which was really good but very like emotional then Katie J Pearson's album came out last Friday and I think that one's really great like she's definitely one to keep your eye on as a female in like the industry as well I think she's just her voice is incredible and she's just doing great things I think the label as well have really released the album like perfectly during this period I think you know couldn't ask for anything better so I haven't heard of her so I'll um I'll pop it on the list and uh, make sure to check that one out um what's been your top lockdown hobby final question top lockdown hobby there's a few that I don't want to talk about <laughs> no, it's funny um <laughs> I, I quite like um playing the piano and singing just for fun because I'm I can't go to any live music so why don't I just do it myself but that's just for behind closed doors so um that's always good fun and I've been like trying to learn the bass so that's been good as well but I don't know if I'm that good really and yeah and I really love walking I think that's my main hobby like I just love being able to like listen to music and go somewhere and end up somewhere that I didn't expect to be like I just walk endlessly (laughs) which is quite fun when you have the time and when the weather's better. I felt the same during the first lockdown. We went on so many like really lovely long, long walks. And it just like for eight, for the first time in ages, I felt really connected to Cornwall because 
I'd been putting so much time into my degree and so much time into working and juggling 85,000 billion things. I kind of forgot, kind of forgot where I lived. And then I realized during lockdown because I was here so much and it was really nice. I was like, oh, I've, I've really, I've actually really missed this place. And it's nice to feel connected to it again. I'm living in Bath at the moment. So in the Southwest as well. And like, it's just beautiful, like just walking around and finding new places and I'm really grateful to be somewhere that I can do that in um I was living in London before and I think I would have found it a lot harder being there so you know I'm quite grateful to be in good surroundings again and back near Bristol so that's always nice um to be able to go over there and I went to a few gigs recently which were quite fun social distanced ones but still nice to see in Bristol which was good but yeah it's just good to be able to appreciate your surroundings and like the outside but right now it's just raining all the time so just back into the indoors and playing music thank you so much for chatting to me it's been so lovely to talk to you and this conversation is yeah it's just been a real like lovely eye-opener but also just been such a nice chat I feel like I know you for bloody years yeah I know right I can't believe like we've never spoken before it's so random <laughs> I can't believe our paths have never, never crossed, but it means that hopefully when all of this is back to normal, we, our paths can cross very often. We hope. We hope and pray. Um, I will leave all of your social media links in the bottom bar in the show notes. So if anyone wants to go find you, um, they can go find you over there. Thank you for coming on the podcast and I will speak to you soon and come make sure you tune in for next week. Can't tell you who it is because... The schedule's at the spout, so I have no idea who's coming on next week, but hopefully that'll be great. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed that episode. You can find me over on Instagram at Emily Marcovecchio. I'm not going to try and spell it. I'm just going to leave it in the show notes. That's probably my most asked question is, how do you say my surname? If you're looking for the rest of the season, they're either viewable where you're listening to this, or if you go onto my website, which is www.emilyanna.net, forward slash noisy women's one or noisy women's two you'll find season one and two listed there on those sites has links to all of the guests i've had on so far a bit of a blurb about what the podcast is about and all other good stuff i hope you come back for the next episode and it was lovely to have you here